0: Guy Shiraki, let's continue the conversation. How are you?
1: I'm well, but I, I'm deeply disturbed. <laughs> Anthony said Anthony said his family doesn't listen.
0: Well, no, no, no.
2: Oh, Mary's his family. family. Mary's family doesn't Anthony, listen. Anthony, the
0: Lorenzo uh, family. Yeah, they but,
2: listen too much probably. We,
0: his dad, okay. David, who we know, his mom, his nana, they all listen.
1: Yeah, it's true. This okay, is well. the
0: future in-laws.
1: Uh, well good morning to the Dorenzos and Anthony get working on your on your fiance and her family <laughs> I mean we have we have we have a nation to save yes. we, can, we don't have any time to waste they're a little left leaning so it's, it's tough <laughs>
0: uh-huh. see but that's what see and this is where why is that guy that it it just seems to me that conservative leaning people we have no problem we don't discriminate. Against, you know, people who we, we, we actually welcome in diversity of thought as conservatives. DEI, yes. Right? See, we well, <laughs> <laughs> but we, right. but But diversity of thought, conservatives have no, that's what we support. On the other side, not so much. So, I don't
1: well, know. Well, we believe in our, I, I think, well, I think we believe in our ideas and we tend to use logic and reason, whereas the left is more about emotion and feeling. We use logic and reason, and we firmly believe that if we just can get five minutes of somebody's time and we can talk to them about education or crime or energy, nice. that that will win them over. Plus, I mean, the other reality is, uh, but for talk radio and some other limited outlets, I mean, we're surrounded by the other side, so we, we grow up in a world where television uh, – social media, television yes. news is left-leaning. So we're used to hearing the other side so it doesn't frighten us. Whereas the other side, when they get exposed to it after living in a bubble, mm-hmm. particularly in this day and age where, you know, social media and, and all the analytics, I mean, you know, your computer your computer is monitoring who you are and what you believe in and tends to just reinforce those things to get more clicks. So... They don't hear it, so that's all the more reason. Although I don't want to mess up, I don't want to mess up the future engagement, but all the more reason to get them <laughs> on the radio. Uh, uh, maybe on maybe you know on a Friday, it's a little lighter. Sort of gingerly <laughs> walk them through.
0: Have a I don't know. Yeah, maybe you should have. You know how sometimes uh, you you go to church or your synagogue and do some you know, premarital kind of counseling before the wedding day. So I don't know, maybe Guy Shiraki as a, as a dad of daughters, I don't know, maybe we have to have like, you know, that kind of coaching for couples that are bipartisan. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, I have, I have, I have outside experience. I don't have personal experience. On the other hand, I I have a wife that keeps me in line. Uh, if I, if she ever thinks she ever thinks I stray too far to the center, she pulls me back and keeps me in line. I love so that's it. That's okay.
0: Good woman. A great woman behind every good Amen. man. I always say. So you. Amen. You've. Um. I mean, I love. We love your work. Obviously, Broad and Liberty, which by the way, Broad and Liberty has written a lot about. In fact, um, our last topic. Talking about Matt Bradford and and the teachers union because I'm always important. Mm-hmm. I always think it's important. And Anthony and I talk about this a lot. That it's important to point out we're often we're not talking about the teachers per se. We're talking about the teachers union, which is an arm of you know essentially partisan politics. And it's important to parse that out and say we're talking about the teachers union. And I I love teachers a lot of teachers. My best friend is a teacher and many family members as well. So we want to put that out there. Broad and Liberty writes about this all the time.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I mean, you had, you had Nate Benefield and Nate's one of the, I mean, Nate's one of the smartest people that understands education policy, not only understands how Pennsylvania works, but, but spends a great deal of time studying other states. I mean, he's, he's really one of uh, you know, maybe maybe the most thoughtful person on education policy. So his rolling up the sleeves and diving in is a great a great service for your audience. Uh, look, and we all know that. I mean, there are a good teacher can change a life. I literally can change a life and and have a lasting impact. And, and as the expression always goes, you know, for those teachers that did it, you may not remember everything they said, but you remember what about them inspired you or touched you or changed your life. Whether it was to make you work harder or recognize a skill that they saw in you that you didn't have, um, so no, I, I think any anyone who tries to label conservatives or people supporting school choice as somehow being anti-teacher, on the contrary, mm-hmm. I think those of us those of us who are for school choice, those of us who want to empower parents, want. On the contrary, we want to get kids exposed to good teachers. We want teachers to get away from red tape and bureaucracy and have them not have them tied to lesson plans and DEI and let them do most most people that go to learn how to teach have a passion for helping kids or have a passion for teaching or have a passion for their subject area, whether it's chemistry or, or poetry or math, they have a passion and, and far too often I mean the public system the public school system, in some cases, hampers them, and, and we're looking to free them up to do their to do their skill. And uh, you know, the shame of it is, as as Nate alluded to, and as, you know, you talked about. I mean, you know, in in a shocking quote unquote shocking development. Uh, you know, a group of a group of politicians met and the Democratic politicians decided, you know, what's wrong with education, we have to spend six billion dollars more and then it will be fine. Um, and then right away, the 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 left wing groups responded as if on script and said, well, that's a good start, but it really should be nine billion more (laughs) uh, because that's their role. And and as you, you said to me, there's no discussion about teachers. There's no discussion about students. There's no discussion about accountability. It's simply kids perform kids test scores are low. Therefore, we need more money because if we have more money, test scores will go up and graduation rates will go up. And it's not much more deeper than that when we all know it's a lot more than that. And the crime of it would be to take six billion more dollars out of our collective pockets, out of the pockets of of small businesses, out of the pockets of seniors, out of the pockets of parents, and shove it into a system that isn't working. Uh, And that's why it's important to shine the light on it because leading us down the path of more money actually creates two problems. The kids in need don't get help, And and we're all, you know, we have less of our own money, Um, and and so that's why we're on the side that's right. We want to empower teachers, free them up to teach, uh, have parents as, as partners in that education, and get kids into a school that works, whether it's homeschooling, a charter school, or the neighborhood public school. We want to empower parents to have them find the school that works and make sure that whatever school or educational choice they pick, that there's accountability. That's the answer. It's not pouring more money into a broken system. If your car doesn't work, getting a new paint job doesn't really change it, and that's what this does. It spends money that doesn't necessarily make the product better. The goal should be on the kids, not on how much money we spend.
0: Yeah, it's well said. I mean, perfectly said, really, when we, when we look at what's happening. And, and these recommendations, to me, I think it's a slap in the face, quite frankly. You know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, something that we had, talked about earlier this morning and we've been continuing the conversation from kale and company as we do live and local, you know, throughout the day. But you, you know, when we think about, um, and I'll, I'll just give you a, a, a headline this morning, ABC news, they're reporting that the Biden's education department is rolling out more student loan debt relief coming up in February. And so they're right. saying this one with the Biden administration what they're always trying to do this but this one is called the save plan so this is this aim, this is specifically aimed at people who would qualify if they took out less than 12 grand as an initial student loan they've already been paying it down for 10 years they did not graduate college and or they went to a community college and so this is the focus now And this is the big announcement this morning from Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, who's talking, I guess he announced it on ABC, maybe Good Morning America, et cetera. So what do you, you know, this whole idea of student loan debt, so we're going to forgive that. Um, At the same time, we're going to think about the big picture. Democrats in Pennsylvania want to tack on to every Pennsylvania family some $1,800 dollars according to Nate Benefield, you know, as he looks at this. What do you see when you look out and and you see these policies? And that's what we say, you know, the policy matters, leadership matters. What do you see here?
1: Yeah, well, when we go down down the road of the Biden administration's student loans, I I sort of feel like I've been invited into a buffet. My plate isn't, you know, I don't have time. I mean, there's so much to unpack (laughs) that it's wrong. I mean, let's start. Look, let's start with the beginning. Everyone listening to this broadcast We're paying people, policymakers, politicians, and aides that have been sitting in rooms or on Zoom calls for the last several weeks coming up with this goofiness. I mean, grown men and women, adults, that work for the federal government, whether they work for the Biden administration in the White House, whether they work for the Department of Education, wherever they work. I mean, a group of people that we're all paying have spent the last several weeks or months to come up with this goofy idea. I mean, when you read, go back, Dawn, and, and what you said, I mean, listen to it. And this is like, you know, we, we will give a tax write off or we will give a benefit. You know, if you're short, Italian, grew up in South Philly, but now live in Paoli and coach softball. I mean, <laughs> the idiocy of this, uh, of this, you know, everybody's student loans are equal, but some are more equal than others. So we'll, we will, I mean, you go through it. You know, you, you only borrowed this much. You didn't graduate. You did this. You paid that. Here's what this is. The Biden administration announced that they were going to cancel nearly a trillion dollars in student loan debt two years ago, almost immediately after he took office, at the nudging of of Senator Elizabeth Warren, our our favorite senator from Massachusetts. At the nudging of Senator Warren, the Biden administration was going to try and cancel almost all student debt, nearly a trillion dollars. He tried to do it. The Supreme Court of the United States overwhelmingly said, you don't have the authority to do it. And rather than accept the rule of law, because Democrats, uh, unfortunately, particularly in Washington, don't accept the rule of law, he's been looking at ways around the edges. So they can't resolve student loan debt for 10 million people. So we'll, we'll try and come up with this that takes care of half a million, and this takes care of another half a million. They've been coming up with these goofy exceptions of delaying repayment, or forgiving repayment, and they come up with these goofy exceptions of you have to have 25 characteristics. No matter how they do it, the bottom line is this. They're paying people to come up with these crazy ideas, paying people with our tax dollars, to come up with a way that other people don't have to pay their debt, and and I've said it 100 times, and please allow me to say it at least once more. There is no such thing as forgiving the debt. The money was borrowed. The federal government guaranteed the money would be paid back. When Joe Biden says, or his education secretary says, that there are a group of Americans that don't have to pay their loan debt away, the debt doesn't go away. It gets transferred to everyone listening. The debt doesn't go away. The money is owed back to the federal government. So when they say they're going to forgive a hundred million dollars in debt, they didn't forgive it. They transferred it to us. Whether you already paid your loan or you didn't go to college or you're helping paying for your kids or your grandkids, you now have this debt. And why are we doing this? Because it's an election year, the economy's sluggish, interest rates are high, inflation's a problem. So the Democrat answer is to spend other people's money, to take money from Dawn, to give it to someone else, Mm -hmm. to pay off their problem. The Democrats created the student loan crisis, and now the voters are upset because they have these enormous debts. And so they pretend they're going to forgive it when all they're going to do is transfer it. Mm -hmm. We're going to see this throughout the year. They're going to keep coming up with these ways to forgive other people's debts, which really just means transfer to the rest of us. And I hope that everyone listening understands that. This is all a game. It's taking money out of your pocket to give it to your neighbor because Joe Biden's decided, because Elizabeth Warren told him to, that student loan debt is bad and we need to get rid of it. Why don't we have a national plan to get rid of mortgage debt? Why don't we have a national plan to get rid of credit card debt? All of those are real debts. They're really expensive. They're really hard to pay. What's so special about student loan debt? You know what it is? It's because higher education is sacred to them. Yes. Higher education is sacred. They want you to go to school for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Go to school for 10 years. Incur tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And don't worry about it. We'll forgive it. Why? Because they want they want to shove more people into higher education. That's what this is really all about. They're trying to make higher education, quote unquote, free. And what that means is we'll all pay for it and we shouldn't stand for it.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's it's the old Joe the plumber redistribute the wealth during the Obama. Remember those years as far as yeah. that philosophy? You know, you look at, I'll look at uh, Chester County, Westchester. You know, they had approved mid-December, I'll say, uh, property taxes going up 5%. We see in Delaware County, for example, places where, and I know that we have inflation and, and we have to pay the higher costs for basic things, police, fire, emergency services, trash, et cetera. But do you see... Uh, do you see in these suburbs that have gone more uh, purple, more blue, where the taxes are going up more than the traditional maybe 2 or 3%, they're going up at higher rates because Democrats are taking over? Or, or to be fair, is it just this economy?
1: Well, I think it's, it's both. I think, I think that it's going up because, again, the other side of inflation The other side of inflation is not only does it cost us more to buy gasoline, not only does it cost us more to buy ground meat or butter, it costs us more uh, to do those things, meaning we have less in our paycheck, which means we have less in our savings. But the other reality is our government services, the people who work for your township, the people who work for your city, the people who work for the school district, they're being they're being faced with the same problems you and I are. So the local government wants to raise their pay to help them fight inflation. So remember as they tell us that inflation isn't that bad or that inflation is slowing down. I love that's my favorite one. It, you know, inflation's slowing down, we should be happy. Now, so Dawn, first and foremost, is local governments are charging us more, particularly school boards, because they're under pressure to pay their teachers and their teachers' aides and the cafeteria staff and the crossing guards they're all complaining, saying we're losing ground, so they want to give them three and four and five percent raises so they can keep up. And when, when your local school board agrees to pay the staff three, four, or five percent more, where do you think that money comes from? It comes from us. So you and I are not only paying more for gasoline, we're not only paying more for groceries, we're paying more in taxes because the local government is asking for that. And then there's a second reason. In I can't say every, in most of the school districts of your listeners the administration is growing in size particularly in human resources and in de and i and all of that departments that didn't exist 10 or 20 years ago that have been created in the last 10 15 years and they're getting larger and larger with more and more administrators to go back to close go back to your teachers teachers pay teachers pay has not been growing as fast as what is growing in most school districts. That's administration. In other words, the bureaucracy. Yeah. So why are people paying more? One, because our friends and neighbors that work for local governments or teach, they're getting pay raises to keep stack, at pace with inflation. And two, school districts are building these behemoth bureaucracies that in some cases, are there's more people in the bureaucracy than teaching in, in the classrooms, and we're paying for it. Um, and, and particularly in the suburbs, uh, I keep hoping that eventually my neighbors will notice uh, that, that they're paying. And what's happening, taxes are going up and test scores are going down. And um, I hope sooner or later they, they recognize that we're being harmed on both ends.
0: Yep, we're getting played. Guy Shiraki, thank you so much, uh, my friend. I really We always appreciate your words of wisdom. Guy Sharaki, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Have a great weekend, everybody